Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Ron Medeca. With me, as always, my co-host, the Mark Solo, Mike Merkel. I'm here. We are back, Mike. Uh, last week, our favorites episode was a huge hit. We are episode 51. Next week is the one-year anniversary of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. How crazy, crazy is that? A little crazy, right? Yeah. What like, are we doing for it? I have... No, no idea, idea. Okay. no Sounds idea good. whatsoever. It's just, it's one of those things where it, I don't know. It's you know what we're gonna do. We're gonna provide the same great quality content we do every single week that our fans expect and enjoy. Um, if you've been with us since day one, we greatly appreciate it. If uh, you haven't, you're just joining on. Welcome to the show, uh, Mike. We got a lot of stuff to go over this week, though. I am back. I'm a married man. We, I am back from the honeymoon. I am fired up. I'm ready to go. We're gonna talk AEW's first. Pay-per-view, since they did the TNT uh, debut on live television with full gear. We're going to go over that. I know, Mike, you have some hot takes about that. It's going <laughs> to upset some of the internet fanboys out there. We have NBA load management we're going to talk about. You know, Kawhi's been sitting for the LA Clippers. LeBron has come out and said, I'm not sitting unless I'm hurt, which, you know, he's 55 years old, so it could happen, but you never know. Get a case of the gout or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna talk the NFL Kaepernick saga a little bit. We're not going political. We don't do that on this show because we don't really care. But we are gonna talk about the implications as far as him as a quarterback and, and whether he should be signed. We're also gonna talk um, Michigan, Michigan State, and what a close, highly competitive game that, that was. was. You know, really, like, really close. I was up on the edge of my seat till the very end. Till the very end. Oh wait. <laughs> Every Michigan State fan just tuned out right there. Yeah. And we're also going to talk college football playoff. We've got some major shakeups in the top four, potentially. Some injuries that are going to affect everybody's top four. Uh, and we're going to get Mike's top four and where he thinks everyone should be ranked because he is the college football expert here on the show. So let's just jump right into it, though. AEW Full Gear um, was, a show. was a show. Now, I did not get the privilege of watching this show. I have been out of town for the past week. Um, but Mike did. He kind of took some notes, kind of gave me the rundown. I know what happened. Um, Mike, just give me your overall thoughts on the show. I got to watch like some highlights, like yeah. bits and clips. I didn't get to watch like the full like sit down and watch the three hours. But give me give me your overall thoughts on the show. I know you got some hot takes. Yeah, that's gonna yeah. that's gonna disrupt the well, AEW wrestling universe. Yeah. Well, I guess I didn't think it was gonna be a hot take until yeah. you told me after I told you that it was gonna be. A yeah, hot I was take. like, I was like, oh my, um, like that's that's so, that's gonna I think hurt some people's feelings. So for bit. people that didn't watch the show, yeah, that if you want like in a phrase what it was, hmm. it was like a bad to good like a decent nxt takeover show okay is what this show was it so, wasn't it wasn't up to pars of like if you're gonna because nxt is direct comparison yeah it's not like a new orleans or mm-hmm. new york from this year like yep. you're not yep. you're not anywhere near that tier yet of okay. what the show was mm-hmm. you're probably more in the lines of like the nxt phoenix or an nxt takeover like <laughs> it maybe like sounds low-key when you say phoenix like oh, arizona no. yeah. <laughs> and you got like the war games that are like they're good they're events, okay but, like, yeah well, outside of the war games match there's yeah, not a lot there's of not substance. a lot that goes on right um that's kind of what right. this was you go through the card and you went when you have sean spears and joey janela in a match you're like yeah, okay the women's yeah. title match yeah. was good nothing like to there was no match on this card really that was like Wow. There we go. Right. There we go. That mm-hmm. was that's the take home match right. right there. Right. Everything was just very. It was all very good, but nothing outstanding. But there wasn't right. anything bad. Yeah, there wasn't a match. I don't think even you know. I think people had to think had very high expectations for the Jericho Cody match, which yeah. I'm a little shocked by in a little bit because uh, although they are very great storytellers, they are almost a dying breed within AEW because they are not the same kind of wrestler as the Young Bucks or the Lucha Brothers are. They are very much a methodical... It's a slower pace. It's a build to big moments, mm-hmm. right? It's it's slower, and I think that I think AEW fans, as much as they want to be, like, oh, Cody's awesome, Chris Jericho's awesome, and they are. I don't think enough people understand the difference in why they are who they are. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think that's something that I think kind of shocks some people. I, I, we talked about after Double or I think it was Double or Nothing, where when Jericho won the title, 
Oh, all, uh, all out. Sorry, where where Jericho won it, and everyone's like, "Wow, that match is really slow." Yeah. And I'm like, "What did you guys expect was going to happen?" I mean, yeah. Jericho ain't going around at 46, 47, 48 years old and flipping and dipping, and you know that, that that's not his game anymore, guys. Mm-hmm. It's never really been his game. So to to expect that kind of you know that output, you know, you're not going to see Kenny versus Pac. When you have Cody and Jericho in there, yeah. you're not going to see that the, the the pace is different, the storytelling is different, the the way things are set up and built towards is different. So I think people need to kind of get on that train a little bit. Um, what did you think about the the main event? I guess with with Kenny and Moxley. Um, some people said it was too much. Other people said yeah. grow up and just, just <laughs> accept it for what it was. It was a good match. Yeah. Um, what, what did you think? It, did, did you think they went too far with it? Do you, is there any drawbacks for you? Um, I would say, for, if anything, I think as a first one, mm-hmm. I think you go too far because I think every other title match and everything that they've done of a first ever on mm-hmm. AEW so far mm-hmm. has been like good, good but there's could be, to be better. Yes. So like you have Hangman Page and Jericho for the first ever World Championship. Very good match, yeah. but there's definitely like there's a seal that yeah, you're here, but your ceiling is still ceiling, way up yeah, here. And you can you can hit that at times yeah. without ruining. You watch all these right. tag team matches and you go, these are really good, but just wait until the title's on the line, then you get yeah. Bucks and oh, Phoenix boy. and stuff. Yeah. That's when that's when the heightened's mm-hmm. gonna go. Mm-hmm. So I think but I think this match was the one that they almost did too much, mm-hmm. and you almost now you're at your ceiling. Yeah. So when this match comes around a second, third, fourth time down the line, right. you're gonna look back and about, well, it didn't really compare to. Right. I liken the it. A first l- I liken it a little bit to Hell in a Cell, a little bit, and the way I do that is like, cause I, and I've been I've been really heavy on like an early late '90s kick and old WWF yeah. style stuff, um, but where like. When the first Hell in a Cell happened, right, yeah. it was groundbreaking. Yeah. And everybody was like, oh my gosh, like this this was beyond expectation, right? So when they did the second one, you know, with Mick and in that 98 at King of the Ring, where everybody goes, what are they going to do? Yeah. And even Mick has been on record saying, we got to do something because this match is going to suck yeah. without it. So I think that in, in a very similar situation, you go, this match, because they went to a level where you're like, Who's gonna top this? What are you gonna do yeah. to to escalate the violence, to escalate the issue enough where we get to this kind of match and have to go to that level? What are you gonna have to do to do that? Mm-hmm. And, and to your point, I don't know if there's anything else that they could have done outside of going the whole light tube route that could have, you know, like we're not going, you know, big Japan here. We're not going FMW style here. We're 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 still in the states, but. You know, I, I think that you have to be very careful, and I don't think you should see a type of match like that in AEW for a long time. That yeah. needs to be reserved for something to where Hell in a Cell used to be, mm-hmm. where it was, it's not an annual pay-per-view, it's not going to happen once a year. No, no, this is a, when nothing else solves the problem, yeah. and the issue becomes big enough, then we go here. Yeah. Outside of that, you don't touch it. It's yeah. not an every week, it's not an every month, or quarter. I know AEW's doing quarterly, but whatever you do, you don't go near that. Until you absolutely have to, where you go, okay, next all out or whatever the next, whatever they're calling their big show, whether it's another double or nothing or whatever, you know, you don't even touch it for that. It's it's a moment in time where you go, this feud is so hot mm-hmm. and is so big. Like if MJF and Cody feud for like the next year and a half, then that's where you go. Yeah. That's when you go, there's nothing else that you can do. Mm-hmm. This has to happen this way. So I, I think that they kind of booked themselves in the corner a little bit with that. Yeah. Um, uh, let's go, go down the results just real fast for us, just in oh, case yeah. anybody spoilers ahead. I guess it's been yeah. like a week and a half, so get over it. <laughs> so we started the show off with proud and powerful Santino Ortiz mm-hmm. beat the Young Bucks, Matt Nick Jackson, twenty one minutes. Yep, um, good match, solid opener. You do the um, the Bucks are doing the Bucks, Kenny and and Cody to a certain extent are doing exactly what they need to do. They are getting talent over Jericho, notwithstanding Jericho is already over, but. Point being, they are the one. They are all the guys that are the known commodities in this company, yeah. and they are doing everything in their power to go. Everybody else, beat us. Yeah, beat us, beat us, beat us. Because our, it's almost like he can't touch us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Kenny, as long as no one kicks out of the one winged angel, is untouchable. Because you yeah. know, once he hits that, it's over. So it's like they're doing a really nice job, I think, of putting themselves, you know, in the position to go. No, this is our company. This isn't just a way to get ourselves over. Yeah. they need to be the ones to. Put these teams over, and they're doing a great job. Yeah. Continue. Um, Adam Page defeated Pac in 18 minutes and 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty good match. That was a return. Ma- that was a return match. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you have Sean Spears with Tolly Blanchard defeating Joey Janela. Yeah. And 
I feel like oh, that, I feel like that was a match that Sean Spears had to win almost yeah. to kind of get something back because you have some time invested in him. Yeah. So it's like okay. Uh, so you had SoCal Uncensored, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. He defeated the Lucha Bros and Private Party. Yep. And at the very end, uh, it was revealed that Christopher Daniels is now back from injury. He yep. came in in like the Pentagon mask yep. and stuff. Yep, saw and beat that. Up Pentagon. Yep. So now the three are back. Now they can three-bird the title a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, next, you had Riho defeated Emi Sakura yep. for the AW, to retain the Women's Championship. Yep. Uh, your main event, air quotes, because the last match doesn't technically count. Uh, you had Chris Jericho, the champ, defeat Cody by technical submission because, right. as we all know, MJF threw in the towel right. while he was holding him in the submission because yeah. Cody couldn't move. Mm-hmm. And then he turned and on And then Cody, MJF yeah. hit the turn on him. Yeah, which we knew was coming. Coin. Which we knew was coming. And now because of that, Cody no longer can challenge and now, yep, for the title. title. Yep. Like, ever. Yeah, and that's and that's and another that's, thing. That's going like, to, I think, going to get pulled around. I feel like mm-hmm. soon it's, like it's going to be it's one like, of... It's like when John Cena loses his career gets fired. Yeah. You know, it's kind of one of those It's going to go one of those things where we go, well, MJF did it. I didn't do it. it that's going to be a promo. And yeah. I guarantee, like, those are exact quotes that are mm-hmm. going to be said in about a mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Where it's going to go... I yeah. didn't tap or out. Or MJF's got a shot at the title, and then like Cody beats him to get his shot at yeah, the, something. And then, like, like, and then MJF's like, I'm gonna put my, like I'm never gonna challenge again that he, Cody costs him. Yeah. It's gonna go. Let's do a number one contendership match. Yeah, and then Cody wins yeah, or something. Exactly, yeah. I agree. Right. Uh, and then you had the unsanctioned lights out, which technically doesn't count on the record match uh-huh. where Moxley defeated, which Kenny we Omega talked about in before, about forty minutes, which I think is a little bit of a cop out, but it's fine. But yeah, they went a long time too. That they did. They went a really. They long really time. built up a lot of the stuff yeah. in that match, and, and it's yeah. it very good. It was just kind of like mm-hmm. it's just not gonna hit with every. Every fan, fan, right? Like, for sure. That one's sure. that was one of the matches that are like half the fans are just gonna go. Okay, I'm now, I will say the one thing. Now. Last thing on this before we move on, the one thing I will say about this kind of our point with the Moxley Omega match where we're saying that they kind of peaked out like yeah. maximum violence level. I think to the contrary, I think that this was a solid. Like I think you're right in your assessment where it, it maybe wasn't the the best show ever, right? But I think that's okay no, because I think I think that. To our analogy, where you don't know what's going to top that level of, of of intensity with Moxley Omega, you can top this show, which yeah. I think is a smart thing because they still have so much talent that you need to get over. Like yeah. Wardlow just debuted this past week, right? That's going to be a player. He's that's with, a guy. Uh, yeah, he's MGF. with MJF, right? That's his heater. That's that's going to be a guy. MJF finally coming into his own. That's going to be a big thing. You still have guys like Havoc. And, 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 you know, a lot of these guys, you know, Lu- you know Luchasaurus and, you know, and, and, you know, Jungle Boy and all these other talents that you didn't even have on this show, mm-hmm. lots of time so to how, develop. Okay, and here's the last yeah. question on yeah, this for topic, sure. I yeah. guess, is how long do you wait to bring a mid-card title in with all the talent you have there? Soon. Soon. Because they, they said yeah. that they weren't going to anytime soon, but I think unlike NXT, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. they like had time and then they developed a lot yeah. of mid-carders, no. this show has so many mid-carders. No, you need to. You need to because you do not have a, a, a like fortified um, heavyweight division yet right for the world title. And with Jericho rightfully being your champion right now and holding it for the foreseeable future, once again, rightfully... Um, I think the mid-card title is a championship that you can establish quickly, give guys a purpose, right? Instead of just fighting to fight, right, in a win-loss record, which is good, but at the end of the day, right now, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't right now because you're not fighting your quote-unquote in rankings for the world title. But let's be real here. If Sammy Guevara was 5-0, and okay, great, he gets a world title shot on TV, and then he loses, right? Yeah. Darby Allen, one match, he, you know, great match, no, no doubt about it. But Jericho's going over. Like, yeah. it's, it's not a thing. So, with the mid-card title, I think it does two things. Number one, it gives you a reason to watch every single week because I think you can have a title match almost every week, right, yeah. with that. And then two, I think what it does is it gives, um, it, it allows you to have a title change more often, yeah. right? It, say, let's just say, for instance, right? Hager becomes the first television champion. We're just going to call it TV title because I think that's what they're going to want to call it. Um, he becomes television champion, right? He's a bad mamma jamma. No doubt about it, right? Gives the inner circle another championship, right? Mm-hmm. Santana Ortiz, they win the tag strap. Okay, now we've got like this thing working together, right? But then Hager gets beat by who it's just, it's the one, it's a championship that anybody can hold, mm-hmm. right? And then what you do it, in a similar fashion to what they did in Ring of Honor where, okay, Jay Lethal was television champion for two years. Before I finally got the world title shot. You know what I mean? And that's where you do the thing, you know, whether it's with Cody or whoever. So lots of depth, 
means great title matches, which makes that mid-card title mean that much more, which yeah. then explains frequent title changes. Yes. You know what I mean? Lots of great stuff there for sure. Let's talk, uh, let's talk, what do you want to talk? Let's talk uh, the NBA here and the rest <laughs> of it. <laughs> what do we want to talk about, right? It's our show. Oh, yeah. We want. Um, let's talk about uh, load management in the okay. NBA. Now, this was a hot topic um, a couple weeks ago. Um, when Kawhi was kind of sitting out any of the back-to-backs, right? The Clippers yes. played a Friday, then a Saturday. He's sitting out one of those games. And, and, you know, LeBron now has come out and said he's not taking off time unless he's hurt, right? Which is contrary to what happened last year and years prior, right? Where yeah. he was, you know, he kind of took some time. And obviously as the Lakers were kind of officially eliminated from the yeah, playoff, he kind of went, I'm done. <laughs> see, I would say, yeah, to that point, and I will say this quickly, yeah. is I would say early in the season, mm-hmm. until up until he got hurt on December 25th, yeah. he did not take a game. like any games right. off. Like, For they sure. were third in the West. He was... Yeah, and then he, got hurt. There. And then he, he got gets hurt. hurt. The team started to go down. And he, yeah, went, and he went, well, there's no point playing now if we're not going to go anywhere. Right, exactly. So that's the definitive. And then I guess what I would yeah, start for with sure. it now yeah. is I think my problem is I hate that he's doing it so early. Mm-hmm. It's my thing. Mm-hmm. Like you're going off and you're 7 and 5. You're not like 12 mm-hmm. and 0 taking these games off. Right, yeah. You're 7 and 5. Like your team kind of needs you yeah. because you're yeah, like because Paul George is out too. Yeah. Well, Paul, yeah, he just came. He back. came back, right? Like, yeah, he, or he was game. out, I should say. He right. was out too. So you had a game like I get if you played up until Paul George's debut mm-hmm. and then you played that game mm-hmm. and then you took the next game off so Paul George kind of have the spotlight a little bit. Right, that's fine. But you took a game off when Paul George wasn't there, and now neither one of your stars are playing. And mm-hmm. then you took two losses back to back because you didn't want to play in those games. Right. And that's where I kind of like have problem with it. Yeah. Because I think okay, if LeBron wanted to take a game off, make sure it's not the same day AD takes a game off. Right. So you have at least one of them out there. Yeah. It's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, for sure. And I think you know, it's one of those things to where yeah, it's the I think the only problem I have with it, like you said, is the early part of the season. Like, like guys, like. He just started, yeah. like you know what I mean. Like I get it, training camp and all that crap. But I'm like, we like we're a month in. Like we're not even, you know, we're not even at Christmas yet. Yeah, you know, for goodness sakes. I mean, like let's go here a little bit, you know. And to their point, uh, you know, and I think you said earlier that Mark Cuban made comments was yeah. like it's good for the NBA, it's bad for the fans, yeah. right? Whereas I'd have been pissed if I'm a Clippers fan and okay, Paul George ain't playing. And quiet plan. Yeah. What the hell am I watching? Exactly. Patrick Beverly. Whoop de do. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, no offense, Patrick Beverly, but like, that's not what I'm paying to see. You mm-hmm. know, it's 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 funny in, in some regard, and I think you're going to see. I I don't think this is. A, I think this is a trend that's going to continue to happen too. And I think because the the NBA wants these playoff matchups to be so volatile, and like we talked about a couple weeks ago, where there is a lot of excitement around the league about the potential matchups that you're going to see, right, in, in both conferences. You know, like the Celtics coming out of nowhere, playing some of their best ball right now. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're on top of the East, cruising. They're technically on top of the whole league. Right? Yeah, right. So that's what I'm saying. But so you're just kind of like, you know, you have these guys and you're like, okay. And then you got the Clippers over here like, yeah, we're just going to sit them. And we're yeah. just going to do it. You well, know, you're you're protecting an investment, which I get. But from a fan perspective, you're like, and this sucks. Yeah. Well, you have that perspective, but you also have just from as a Clipper perspective mm-hmm. and a Kawhi perspective. When you did it last year, one, your team was amazing without you. Mm-hmm. Like your team is twenty and nineteen and five yeah. when you didn't play last year on Toronto. Right. You already lost three games, and you only rested six games since year already. <laughs> yeah. And right. You lost three, three yeah. and three when you don't sit, right. or when you sit or whatever. Right. So at that point, you know your team around you is not good enough. And maybe when Paul George comes back, it might change a little bit. Mm-hmm. But your team's not, and I thought they would be good enough, but it doesn't look like they're going to be good enough when you don't play mm-hmm. to be able to beat some of these better teams. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you. you don't have the depth that they, that, that yeah. Toronto had. That's Toronto team. All. For like, all the crap I will give them for the Warriors being hurt and everything, that team was actually legitimately a very good team. Yeah. And you see it this year when... Like, they don't drop off the face of the planet without Kawhi. They're right. actually, like, have a winning season right mm-hmm. now without Kawhi. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. they actually can do some damage. Right, least. right. Do you think that, I mean, are you concerned at all that this is going to hurt? Like, I get why they're doing it right from a playoff perspective, but do you think that this is going to kind of hurt them as a whole, as the league goes, where you go, okay, well, I'm not going to watch half the regular season now. And you're a pretty big basketball. You're a much more bigger basketball fan than I am. Like I, I don't watch nearly the amount of games that you do. But especially if it's not Pistons games, I'm really definitely not locked in at all. Um, does this, as as a fan of the game as much as you are, does this make you go, well, then I'm not investing my time, my money, anything yeah. because why do I care if you don't care yeah. as a league about these games? 
Why should I, as the consumer, yeah. sit, devote time, spend money to go to see a game, you know, buy merch, whatever, whatever the case is? I'm not. I don't well, care until you care. I will say that in the NBA, there are about eight teams that no matter who they play, yeah. if everyone's playing, I will watch. And yeah. Clippers are in that eight. Oh, for sure, it goes, absolutely. It's like Lakers, Clippers, yeah. Rockets, mm-hmm. Bucks, to name a few. Yeah, are teams that they could play. Doesn't matter. Orlando, yeah. and I'm like dead on like watching this game because yeah. those are just fun teams to watch. For sure. But when Kawhi and Paul George don't play or when James Harden takes a day off or Westbrook, those, then I just go, why do I watch? Right. Yeah. So I, what I, is I will the say yes yeah. to that answer. Yeah. And also, a last point on this, yeah. I think that no one's talking about, is this could hurt because I think in the West, <laughs> you need to be a top three, four seed. Yes. Absolutely. And if you're resting game, you set 22 games and you go 11 and 11 through those games, mm-hmm. if you're not a yeah, top you're not, three, you're not, four you're not winning seed, out with you yeah, on the court. It's you're not, not You're not going far as a six seed having to go play nope. at Denver, nope. at Houston, right. and then playing the Lakers, who are seven home games for the Lakers. Right. Because there's more right. Lakers than Clippers fans when yeah. they play in LA in that series. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, even though Clippers will have home games, right. like games three and four, or whatever, they're Lakers home games oh, when yeah. they play each other. Oh, absolutely. They're all and that, yeah, that's what's crazy about it, too, is that you do not have the luxury of being like, oh, we'll just coast. Like, the Warriors last year coasted. Throughout yeah. the entire regular season, it's not like that anymore. The the the, the level of play yeah. has increased because right. there's so many two superstars in every team that you go like like the Warriors would go to Houston and go, okay, so Katie, you can sit. We got this without you, kind right. of thing. Right. Like the Clippers are like, if we are not full force playing Houston, right, we're not going to win. Exactly. If we are not full force against the Bucks, right. we will not, not win. win. Right. So exactly. now all these games are heightened. Yep. So now you do you worry at all? I'm gonna talk specifically Lakers here just for okay. a second, and we're not talking Pistons, you guys, right now. The Pistons, Pistons are, are four and nine, yeah. and they are 13th in the East right now. So we are not going to talk. about Yeah, them. exactly. They're not. The once they get back to full strength, it's kind of start rolling here a little bit. But two points I want to make. Number one, do you think that the chemistry factor, right? A lot of these guys are moving, new teams, yeah. stuff like that. Like, do you think that's going to hurt them the more they sit? And then two, as a specific, as a LeBron fan, as okay. much as yeah. you are, I'm not Lakers. Yeah, fan, no. Are you con- are fan. are you concerned that if LeBron plays all 82 games? Right, that the risk of okay or close to all eighty-two games. Do you think that his it, the injury risk is substantially higher than if he say plays sixty-two games? Okay, so here's what I would say about that that point is yeah. his age and everything. Yeah, all throw it into bit, it. Yeah, all that. But I will say that there are games, and this is what I want to see from Kawhi. More importantly, yeah. there are games like they played um, Phoenix mm-hmm. a couple. Or no, not Phoenix. It was. Um, some it was some not very good team. Yeah. LeBron played twenty four minutes, scored thirty points. They were up by thirty yeah. in the third quarter. Then he set the rest of the game. Okay. Those are kind of stuff okay. I want to see. Okay. Like if you play all eighty two games, but, but you you're play, only averaging, but you're, but yeah. you're playing 26, 27 minutes. You get your fifth, your twenty, ten, and ten, or yeah. whatever, and your team's up by fifteen, and then you and go then to you're the bench available and you're in case something happens. Yeah. But if you got in, you know, but you, you got in bag, you guys take, you take care it. of it. You right. know, AD can be out there because he's twenty six. You should be able to play the rest of the game. Right. AD, you can take over Kuzma. You guys got this. I'm gonna take my minutes off so I can get ready for the next game or whatever. That's the stuff that LeBron's been doing this year. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's had a Sacramento, they only won by two the other night. Yeah, Those are games in. that he comes to play, yeah. and he'll actually go play the whole game out, his 30-whatever minutes. Yeah. But there are games through the season mm-hmm. that he'll be playing 26, 27 minutes. Right. Okay. And that's, that's good. Yeah, yeah, also, sure. I think if you're going to play all 82 and you have a better chance of getting the one seed, yeah. I think as a one seed, you're playing name the, the Warriors as an yeah. eight seed, say, right. if they somehow make the eight seed or whatever. If you're playing the Warriors this first round, you can go... I'll play 30 minutes in the first round while Kawhi has to play 38 minutes to somehow beat Denver. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. So you can kind of take time in the first round off a little mm-hmm. bit too mm-hmm. to get yourself ready for the later rounds that are going to be right. tough. So, right. I, so to answer your question. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'll hurt him playing 82 yeah. with how he's playing them right now. Right. Okay. That's cool. For sure. All right. And then last question, right? Like I said before, are you if you're if you are a Clippers fan, right, are you concerned at all that you're, that you're concerned about, okay, is this team going to gel? What I, I matters be, most in February, I, March. I, what I would hope is that when it comes that time, that Kawhi won't. I'm hoping that he's taking time off now so to he plays later. Right. But that hasn't been his thing. He's always he's taking more games off later than early yeah. normally in his career. So I would be very nervous as a Clippers fan mm-hmm. that like this ex- is not especially the time. as I've been saying if they're a five six seed and you yeah. have to go against Houston or Denver, right. you don't have that. Okay, let's make this work in the playoffs and then get ready for the Lakers. Like you have to. 
be ready and come to play in the playoffs. Very much so. Very much so. It's gonna be interesting to see. We'll kind of see how this how this goes. Um, you know, it's it's fun to think about. You know, where we're gonna be at, especially like right around Christmas time. That's kind of like the barometer, I think, for a lot of NBA fans and kind of saying, all right, here's the time in which, all right. Whether you think your team has something yeah. or you don't. You know what I mean? Like yeah. The Pistons are going to need to turn it around quickly here before they get too far out of the race. Very capable of doing so. But yeah. you know, the point being is like, okay, by Christmas, we need to be above 500. You know what I mean? And you need to be kind of start playing some of your better ball as yeah. we kind of get into the later months where you go, okay, now we feel yeah, okay. Pistons got to get healthier. They're, yeah, they got to get healthy. Yeah, they got to get healthy now. quick. Absolutely. How much I don't like Reggie Jackson. He needs to be on the field, come, be on the court. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Well, yeah, right. Even with Derrick Rose, you need another guy. Yeah. You need somebody else there along with Blake and Drummond and all that good stuff. All right, that's going to be it for part one. After the break, part two, we're going to talk Kaepernick. We're going to talk Michigan, Michigan State, and that barn burner of a football game. And we're going to talk college football playoff, all that great stuff, and more after the break. Stick around. Hey, guys. This is the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyko. And I just want to remind you guys, once again, that next week is our one-year anniversary of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. The one-year anniversary. And what better gift to get the Merc Zone to get me is by subscribing to our YouTube channel is by subscribing to us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Google Play Music, subscribe to us on iTunes, go to SoundCloud, wherever you like to listen to us the most, do us a favor, give us a follow, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Robin Deca, at Mike Mergle. We are so grateful for each and every one of you who listen to us every single week, and we will continue to provide the same great content we do every single week, but do us a favor, give us that perfect first-year present, Give us a follow, tell all your friends, and make sure you share and like every single one of our videos, every one of our podcasts. Make sure you get the word out there. You want us to keep going and doing doing other stuff for you guys to be out there, to do live shows with you guys, to be on the show. Make sure you guys are spreading the word about the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. Now here's part two of this week's episode. And welcome back to part two of episode 51 of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. All right, Mike. Let's do some dirty work here. Let's let's go. Let's jump in the dirty work. Yeah, we're going. To, we're going to jump into the weeds a little bit here. NFL versus Kaepernick, round forty-four. It feels like. Um, okay. Colin Kaepernick yesterday had or yesterday Saturday, and when you guys will be hearing this Saturday, so a couple days from, from there, uh, had his open workout right mm-hmm. for all NFL teams. Had a whole bunch yeah. of scouts there. Um, pulled a quick one on the NFL. Right, the NFL wasn't going to allow media in there, and then Kaepernick said, "No, I'm not going to do it." Then, yeah. and so. Got media out there, you know, from some of the reports, looked pretty good, right? Was yeah. able to hit the long ball with some with some pretty good consistency. I watched some of it. Yeah, right? So I, I didn't think – I saw some of it, and I was like, okay, you know, yeah. as much as you can get from that kind of, you know, mm-hmm. staged, insulated workout like most pro days are, you know, um, you, you felt like, okay, you know, yeah. looked pretty good. Um, just a quick couple quick things in this. We're not gonna go political here. We don't do that on the show. It ain't that serious, folks. So we're not we're not gonna go that route with it. We don't we don't subscribe to those kind of theories. Um, but what I do want to talk about is just from an on-field product. Do you think that he should be, or that he and or will be signed within the next, let's say, calendar year? Um. It's tough, right? Because it's almost like one of those things like you just need one team to be like, all right, let's see, just try. I'm it. gonna say I don't think so because I don't think there's a team that's one quarterback away from doing something, right? And that's kind of where I'm at. Like I would say, and here are some teams: if the Cowboys, mm-hmm. if Dak Prescott gets hurt this weekend, mm-hmm. God forbid, right? God or whatever, yeah. <laughs> then. I think that's somewhere that someone that would pick him up. Going, okay, we need you for like two weeks, three weeks yeah. to just win a few games so we can get our quarterback. Like, I don't think anyone's going to go, we're going to sign you to be our guy for, mm-hmm. for a long term. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that's what any mm-hmm. team would want. Yeah. But, like, and this is why I've been saying that, like, Stafford's been hurt. If we were 5-3-1 and one or something, I'm like, we go get him, win three games, right. and then when Stafford Stafford's comes back, back he's you're actually backup. like, yeah, he's yeah, the backup. He's the backup, and you're not like... Screw. That, and and that's, I'm glad you brought that up, because I have been, I have been very much in the camp of... The Lions should sign him. And, and no other reason. Like Once again, I'm going to say this a million more times while we're on this topic. This is not a political opinion, okay? Once again, we don't do this as a sports show for a reason. But from an on-the-field product, there is not a single person who can tell me right now that Jeff Driscoll 
is a better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. It's not a thing. It's just not, guys. I know people want to be like, well, he wasn't good at San Francisco. I don't care about that, right? Mm-hmm. The Colts brought Kerry Collins out of retirement because they knew their back of quarterback sucked when Peyton Manning went down. You can't tell me that, okay? Mm-hmm. I would take this guy with a week and a half in the playbook to go, let's go see what happens. Yeah. You're going to probably lose anyway. Let's yeah. be real. Without Stafford on the field, Lions are trash. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You had a guy who played MVP-like numbers, and you were still 3-4. and four. So you mean to tell me with this guy, Jeff Driscoll? Mm-hmm. I don't know this guy's – where did he come from? Okay? Yeah. So the point being is that I would have at least taken the risk to say, you know what? Maybe let's be the smartest one in the room for once and just go, you know, let's just say, let's just say, screw it. What's the worst case scenario? He's awful and you lose games, right? Best case scenario, he's okay. He gets you through a period where maybe you can win a steal a couple games. Like that Bears game last week, you mean to tell me that if Stafford didn't play in that Bears game, Lions will beat Bears? I mean, come on. Yeah. Let's be real. So it's like with that kind of, you know, logic in mind, I just go, why not? You're out of the playoffs at this point. Mm-hmm. So why not give it a chance to go, maybe let's just see what happens. If he's bad, you cut him. And then you and you prove everybody in the NFL right. You say, C, he can't play in the league anymore. Yeah. Or B, you go, wow, actually, he's not terrible. And maybe we, you know, a, a team like Cincinnati, where they're going to get rid of Andy Dalton, they could bring him in for a year while they draft Tua or, you know, or, you know, Herbert or whoever yeah. they draft with yeah. the first pick. You just let him sit mm-hmm. behind a guy knowing, I don't care what he does out there because we're just grooming the next guy. Whatever the case may be. But to say that he is not one of the. One of, better than at least a backup quarterback out there right now is ridiculous. Like yeah. he may not be great. I'm not saying I'm not saying he ever even was. To be honest with you, he wasn't great at Nevada. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, you can't tell me that. Why not roll the dice? What do you have to lose? You're losing anyway. You're going to mm-hmm. be three and six. The Cowboys are going to kill us today. So it's it's going to be a disaster. You know what I mean? Um, now the second question would be um, if you are a general manager. Right, say a guy, say a team like Cincinnati, right, or Miami, right, because that's been a dumpster fire with Rosen and Fitzpatrick, whatever. Right, knowing that you're gonna go get your quarterback of the future, right? Mm -hmm. Say your ownership's like, listen, you got four years, so relax. If you're sucking now, let's build it, let's do it right, right? Do Do you at least entertain the idea to go? Okay, let him go out there and just get pulverized and do whatever, just maintain. Yeah. And while we're over here like, okay, this is the precious little thing on this side. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, it's okay, Tua. You you get healthy. It's all going to be okay. Like, yeah. we're going to get you there. We're going to get the pieces around you. Then we'll put you in the best position to succeed. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's what I thought. Like, I guess that's also a place you yeah. could go to is one of those. I'm just like, I don't think anyone would... Like, I, don't I don't think anybody's think, willing to do it. I don't think so, which is unfortunate. But it's just like, like <sighs> the only way it would happen if there's like like Russell Wilson gets hurt and he's only out for a week or two, and you're like, we just need you for one game. Yeah. Like just do your thing for one game. Right. Let's see if you're good enough to win this one game. Yeah. And then maybe you'll get other chances elsewhere. But we have our guy. We just mm-hmm. need you. Like that's where, like where I see him going is right. uh, we need you for a one game kind of scenario, mm-hmm. not like uh. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, and he could gonna... be the backup. That's fine. Yeah. That's the part of the kill. It's just like okay, then he's the backup. Okay, great. You know how many chance, how many chances did Tim Tebow get in this league? Forty five. He had let's see. He had Denver. Then he went to the Jets. Then he went to the Patriots. And then he left. Right. I mean, my good. Didn't like he get a work, did he get a workout somewhere else too? I thought he Probably. got a workout. Somewhere I saw those. I can't. I don't remember. Like the Patriots can't fix it. No one can fix it. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like it's like come on. You know, like, like I said, do I think he's a great quarterback? No. Do I think he's a good quarterback? Not really. Gonna be honest with you. No. But do I think he's better than Jeff? Jeff Driscoll? Yes. Do I think he's better than Josh Rosen? Mm-hmm. Yes. Do I think he's better than whoever Miami's or uh, whoever Cincinnati's going to trot out today? Yeah. I don't even What's his name? Do you even know his name? Who? Cincinnati's starting quarterback? Uh, Not Ryan, Ryan Finley. Finley. There we go. Yeah. Nuh-uh. From uh, NC State. There you go. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, they just tried to. My point him. being, right, he, he's better than some Oh, yeah. Of those he's guys. definitely better. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that. like, that's the thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm like yeah, come yeah, on. I'm not, I'm and if it comes that. out he wants too much money, then you, all the reasons to go, let's entertain it, and then you get to the report saying it's this or that, then then you've acknowledged all the rumor. And yeah. then you end up in the innuendos and everything, and then all this goes away. It's a win, yeah. win, win for everybody. It would have been a great time. All right. I'm off my soapbox now. Let's talk uh, Let's talk college football. Let's talk Michigan. Michigan State. Michigan State. Yep. Okay. We're going to talk that first. Um, uh, so if you want to know right now, um, I got the insider from our man Kyle over here. Oh, he's not showing up. Yeah, but he's over man. around Michigan area. Okay, watch, he watched the game, and now he's got some stuff that he wants me to say oh, on boy. behalf of on him. behalf 
of Whale Man himself. Whale Man himself. <laughs> so I guess I'm going to say these. Fr- did you watch the game yesterday? Yes, I did. You I watched did? the game. Yep, okay, full, so, full all the way through. Yep. Okay, so I will say these statements and tell me what you think about them. I guess. Oh then, boy, here we go. All right. So first one. The game shows that Gaddis' offense is supposed to look like when they have it all figured out. Mm. Agree or disagree? We're, we're going to call it agree or disagree. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say disagree to a certain extent because they still can't run the ball with any sort of effectiveness. Okay. They can't run the ball. Uh, the offense is hitting the stride now. They, they have figured it out. No, they have not. I, I would say that... I, I would say that Shea had his best game as a Wolverine Definitely yesterday. Did. I mean, I th- and for all the crap I give Shea Patterson, it's doc- well documented that I do not like Shea Patterson. But had a hell of a game he yesterday. Did, did a great out. job. I would say that more than anything, though, Michigan State's defense is banged up. And th- it's not hitting their stride. They're averaging 31 points a game. Yeah. That's not hitting your stride. Yeah. The emergence of Hassan Haskins and the run game has been huge for the past game. Haskins has been a revelation for them because I think it takes the pressure off Charbonnet. However, they're still averaging like 2.4 yards a carry. Yeah. That's not that's not a good run game in any form. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised if Christian Turner transfers after the season because he's been passed up by too many people. Yeah, I'm, whatever. Okay. I mean, you ain't playing, ain't yeah. playing. I don't care. Uh, the new bracket defense has really helped with the crossing routes. It has. How, and I think that Urban Meyer is the guy who really said he wanted to like, like this is the defense basically set up to stop Ohio State. Mm-hmm. That's what they that's what they've done. And I, I can appreciate the fact that Don Brown didn't die on the sword and went, No, no, I'm gonna run my defense the way I want to run it. Because you got gashed so many times by it. Mm-hmm. They're an undersized defense. That flies to the football, yeah. and that's where they're that's where they're succeeding. They stop the run extremely well for being as undersized as they are. I give credit to Don Brown and Harbaugh for making the adjustments necessary. Where, but that defense is going to get tested next yeah. week. Indiana's no joke yeah. at Indiana, and especially against Ohio State. Yeah. So I will say, right now, it's been a revelation for this team, but. Your tests are coming in yeah. the next two weeks. Uh, the D-line has gotten better and better, especially when they put all four defensive ends in. Yes, obvious they, those stunts, they were garnering tons of pressure, especially second half, against Lewerke, made him extremely uncomfortable. I would agree with that. And when the offense is being called correctly is when Shays at his best because he is more confident. Um, I think Gaddis has done a great job early, and I think that's why maybe the run numbers aren't there. And you can agree with me, too. You're a former quarterback, so you can kind of have some insight on this as well, where you go, when you think about it, by getting Shea in a rhythm sooner, Mm -hmm. right? Quick passes, the screens out to Donovan Peoples-Jones or whoever, right, to kind of get four or five yards at a time, that's kind of like in... In, you know, in place of your run game, but also it's getting him into a rhythm. Like, okay, you know, I'm four for five. You know, we got the jitters out. Mm-hmm. We're moving the ball. You know, we may not score, but okay, we got a couple first downs. All right, let's build off of that yeah. rather than handoff, handoff, third nine. Now I got to push the ball down the field where we don't garner tons of separation yeah. usually. It's going to be harder for me to fit that ball because yeah. Shea is not good at man-to-man coverage. That's why the throwing the ball in early downs in zone coverage, I think, is benefiting him. Where mm-hmm. he goes, you know what? I got to put it in an area. Yeah, you know what I mean, and make my playmakers go get it rather than I have to put it in the spot mm-hmm. in order for him to beat his man. Is that is that kind of similar to what you're kind of saying? Yeah, yeah, that's, I agree. that's kind yeah. of what I feel is happening right now yeah. for Shea specifically turning it around ever since that Penn State game where you go, okay. They're they're kind of flipping what they normally do, in, you know, on quite a few drives where you go, okay, first down, first and ten. Instead of, all right, here's a halfback dive again. Mm-hmm. It's hey, we're gonna four wide and you know we're gonna throw a quick screen, yeah. you know, and have something happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think they played very well. Um, I think I think it, I don't know if it, I think it comes more to I don't think Michigan State's very good at all. Yeah, and I think that's I think mm-hmm. they just. And this is what we've always said about Michigan, but it attracts to every other team, though. Yeah, for sure. They just use their athletes because they were like when they're that much better than you. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would just like take you down. Absolutely. To Pound Town. Yeah. Because you could just you like when you just look at the eye test, watching the first two drives they gave you went, wow, Michigan's just better, just dominating on both sides of the ball. Right. Like Lewerke threw a screen, and he missed the guy running on the screen route, Mm -hmm. and I went, wow. Right. That's impressive. Like that's right. like impressive to miss like a five yard like. Right. Just a dump and off even when Michigan him. State scored, I went, "Oh, this is over." Because yeah. I was like, "They're gonna go down the field and score." And yeah. then they had that ninety eight yard drive, yeah. and I went, "They've got no yeah. answers State whatsoever." Has, yes. And and that's and here's the thing. And I know people, Michigan fans, are in all their glory right yeah. now, right? You know, they they beat State by a million. You know, they I beat mean, Notre Dame by a million. They beat Notre Dame by a million, right? Two Riley check check. You know what I mean? Big matchup coming up here, but. 
what I will caution people to say is this, and I think you made that point where you said, Michigan State's not a good football team. This is not a good football team. If this was anything else other than a blowout, I'd have been pissed today because Michigan State's not good. Lewerke is not good. Their offense does not work. They have no. They could not run the ball yeah. at all yesterday. So you, Michigan, with a great win, rivalry week, right? Intentions were high. They did a great job of coming in prepared, knowing that offensively they couldn't do a lot. So let's smother them, and then let's just go air it out, right? But. You're a better football team than Michigan State. We've been saying it all year. There is not, a, there has never been a week for me to go. Oh yeah, Michigan State's gonna have. You know what I mean? Okay. Maybe in the regular season they all went. Michigan State's got a chance to maybe do something with that defense. Yeah. Defense banged up. They're hurt. Lewerke's awful. They're not a good football team. So Michigan coming out and dominating the way they did, I'm happy about it. But I also, if you are a Michigan fan, you should have expected it mm-hmm. because that's the kind of game that should have happened. It's like they were playing Maryland out there. They should have dominated because they are a better football team yeah. than Michigan State. Um, thoughts on the D'Antonio comments after where he was a little bit, a little sour after it, where you know, they asked him a couple questions. He was, I think I'm done. He's kind of, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, I, I don't know how you feel about that. I, I think D'Antonio has been a class act for most mm-hmm. of his time there. Do you think he's kind of done? Do you think well, I, yeah, I think, I think he didn't change anything because he just was like, I can fix it. And then now it's like... I can't fix it. Yeah, he goes, I just can't do it I just feel like he's like, just there. He's just like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I think he's just kind of like waiting for them to fire him. Yeah. Like, I, I hate to say that. Mm-hmm. What a great coach for that program. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the best coach I've ever had. But like... It's like one of those things where like it's almost like man, it's like you just got. I feel like there's no fight yeah. left in him. Almost, yeah. you know what I mean. But I will here say, I will say this before we move on to the next topic here. Um, Michigan State fans who are calling for a change, I understand that you want to change, but be careful because it could get worse. Yeah. I know people are like, Antonio's in the Harbaugh camp right now, where you go. Who are you going to get that's better? Right. It's tough. Right. You're going to go hire some young upstart. Now you could be like Minnesota, and yeah. P.J. Fleck is a revelation to that program, and yeah. oh my gosh. And now they might be a legit threat come right. in the upcoming years. But, or, or you could go back to John L. Smith days. Mm-hmm. Those are your two options. So yeah. I'm, just, I'm not saying necessarily that they shouldn't make a change. I'm just saying that you may be better off with D'Antonio firing some guys and still be your head coach rather than... Joe Schmo, offense coordinator over here, you know, we're going to hire Steve Sarkeesian to be our head coach. That would be the worst idea ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? So just just be careful. That's all I'm saying. Just just appreciate the fact that you had to run the way you did, and let's, you know, yeah. just be careful. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk college football playoff uh, now. I know. It's, I waited to the end because I knew you wanted to talk about it the most, so yes. that's why I waited to the end. Maybe second most. <laughs> um, so, all right, so – Obviously, right, we've got – who do we got? we got Ohio State, LSU. So, so the top four or the yeah. top six as right. of this as of second, which is going to change as this recording comes yeah, out. Yeah, for sure. But as of right now, I think it's going to be uh, – it's LSU 1, yep. Ohio, Ohio State. State 2, Clemson's 3, 4 is undetermined, uh, but it's probably Georgia because mm-hmm. they beat Auburn and they mm-hmm. were 4 last week. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming Georgia's going to stay there. Alabama probably won't move. Oregon probably won't move, right? And Utah won. won't move. Like all these teams won, yeah. So none of them are moving. So I'm right. assuming the one through seven yeah. or eight. Ohio, are was Ohio State on? Ohio State was on a bye this week, right? Did they play this week? Uh, they played. No, they played. Uh, uh Mayor. No, it was they played somebody. Ago. They played they? somebody. Okay, I think Either they way. played Rutgers. Ru- oh, and they won fifty six so- to twenty one. Sorry. Really? 21 points? Mm-hmm. Really? Well, that's interesting. Anyway, um, I'm just surprised Rutgers could score that many points ever. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, yeah I, I think you're right. So, Mike, I want to ask you, though, with the injury now to Tua Tagovailoa, right, with the, you know, the hip and everything else, he's yeah. out for the rest of the year. Um, is this one of those things that Bama's able to pull the rabbit out of the hat a second time when they have a backup quarterback ready to go? See, see I well, okay, I'm, I'm on a flip here yeah. because I look at it and I go, I think you would have an argument yeah. if you if LSU because LSU clinches and Georgia just clinch, mm-hmm. so they're guaranteed to go at the SEC championship and they're mm-hmm. one and four. Right. If LSU beat Georgia, I could definitely see a spot if Tua was there yeah. to go. Okay, Alabama's the fourth best team in college football. Right. Let's put them into number four. Right. But without Tua and having, I think it's a freshman. Yeah. I'd have to fact check. Pretty yeah. sure it's a freshman coming in though. Mm-hmm. And you're not really playing anyone besides Auburn, and Auburn's not that very good mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. You're not really playing anybody that's going to go, 
he's good. We're going to put him in the final four. Yeah. I think that opens the path for another team to get in there. Okay. Just okay. because, and, uh, and this is me assuming LSU yeah. beats Georgia, and right. Georgia then is out with two If bosses. Georgia beats LSU, we're in a whirlwind. Well, we're in a whirlwind because oh, oh then gosh. we know the final four. Right, yeah. Because there's no be... way you can, at this moment, if LSU is 12-0, even if they lose the SEC championship game, you cannot have them not in the final four. Well, you can't have, yeah, well, yeah. Because I mean, then you can't kick them out for, say, Alabama, because no. LSU beat Alabama. Alabama right. So, like, no matter what. At you, Alabama, too, yeah. nonetheless. In so, Alabama. So, unless you, like, flip, like, Oregon or Utah or someone in the four and kick them out, mm-hmm. because Georgia beat them. But right now, in my stance, I have LSU at one. Mm-hmm. Then you have Ohio State pending them winning out against Penn State, Minnesota, and Michigan. Mm-hmm. They're two. Then at three, you have Clemson because there's no way Clemson's losing to an ACC team the next two weeks. Sorry. <laughs> it's almost like we predicted that earlier in the season. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I didn't predict them going well now. Um, so that's the three. Oh, and my bubble team at Woo! four, I'm putting Oregon in there. Okay. Pending that they went out and beat Utah in the Pac-12 championship. That's going to be the big one right there because Oregon already has the early loss. Did they lose to they Auburn? Lost Auburn. Right. Neutral site by six with nine seconds left. Right. Okay. So that's that's the one that's kind of like, that's eh. Yeah, that's the iffy one. Right. They and almost that, benefit that, from Auburn being better. <laughs> yeah, they would. Yeah, yeah. They really would. Yeah. They would benefit a lot. from If Auburn beat Alabama, okay. Pet. Basically, Oregon's in. Yeah. Okay. Right. And I, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you so far. Honestly, I think that the, the biggest thing is, you know, with, with the change, where, where are you putting out Oklahoma then? Because they've got the one loss, Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma. They I would, had a massive comeback yesterday, which they had no business being down as much as they were. No. But anyway, you know, I don't think. Well, Oklahoma for me doesn't reach the top four mm-hmm. because their loss is to Kansas State, and that's even if they win the Big Twelve. Even if they win the Big Twelve, mm-hmm. because I would look at say say Oregon wins the Pac twelve. Yeah. If you're gonna decide one of those two, Oregon loses neutral site to a ranked Auburn team. Oklahoma loses to Kansas State. Right. Which which losses and worse. if and if I think that if Oregon were to beat Utah, who's up there as well, who's up in there that at number conversa- seven, that just, conversation, six and seven. Right. So if Oregon beats number seven in the Pac twelve championship, right. And even if Oklahoma beats, I think Baylor or would have been or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, who's in their conference, or whatever. I think that win for Oregon is more significant mm-hmm. winning the Pac twelve than it is for the Big Twelve winning. Is there any, uh, so let's just let's just play. I like playing this, you know, what if game That's a little fine. bit because it's fun. I will what tell you what if, you're wrong. <laughs> it, what if Utah wins? See now that, see, that, that that's that where you go crazy because yeah. I don't know if Utah has I don't a know strong if, enough resume. I don't know if you look at Utah because they lost to USC. Right, and USC is not very good. I don't no. know if you can look at that team and go, "That's a top four team," right. and that's where I think you could see the Alabama. Alabama. Slide in there at four. So Bama's going to benefit more from these teams losing to each other yes, than anybody, they will. as long as they win out. Yeah. So Alabama wins out. They're, le- they're next to a South Carolina who upset Georgia. Right. And they play uh, Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Right. So they win those. You're eleven and one with no SEC championship game. Right. Correct. So Georgia and LSU play. They're one and four. Mm-hmm. Assuming LSU wins, because LSU probably beats Georgia mm-hmm. in the SEC championship. Georgia probably gets out because they have losses to South Carolina and LSU. Yeah, it's two losses that's without two the championship. two losses without championship. You're probably out. Yeah. I would say Oregon beats um, Utah in the Pac-12 championship. I think they're in mm-hmm. at four. And Alabama gets kicked because you're not even playing in the SEC championship. Right, so you're at best five. Yeah. However, I think if, U- if Utah wins and they beat Oregon, mm-hmm. I think at that point you can go, I oh, think crap. Alabama's better than Utah. Yeah, because of because I look at I think and I don't know how the committee will look at I look at your losses more than your wins Mm -hmm. because I'm like do you have a bad that's how Ohio State got buffed two years ago when you lose to Purdue 56 24 that's an ugly loss Mm -hmm. at home Mm -hmm. you cannot lose like that right absolutely I mean Alabama didn't get like like you lose 46 41 at home to the number one team in the nation that's not a bad loss. When you lose by double digits to Kansas State, as Oklahoma did, or um, Utah losing by 20-plus against USC, those are bad losses yep. that makes it really hard to get in there. Absolutely, absolutely. See, this is why this is why we have them on the show, folks, right here, for that for that kind of in-depth analysis. Um, one more thing I want to okay. throw, just one more monkey wrench at you there. Cause okay. I, I know I got you sweating a little bit here, but um, what if Ohio State loses? Okay, so if Ohio State, now where would you have them losing? Let's say Ohio State doesn't win the Big Ten Championship. So they're going so to be. They, they're in the Big Ten championship now. Basically. They are. They are guaranteed. I think as long as they I win a, one of the next three games, monkey, right? I think a monkey wrench is Penn State because Penn State only has one conference loss. Right. 
So if let's say they let's say they get to the let's just say right they run the table they go they get there and say lose to Wisconsin yeah they lose arguably I think I think they're not the two seed Mm -hmm. but I don't think that you can keep them out because then you're competing with all the one um, one loss the one loss teams like an Oregon yeah and like a um, Mm -hmm. Utah if they want it or whatever or you look at all these teams that are like one loss teams and the Ohio State is the best one loss team yeah. because of your domination with Wisconsin mm-hmm. and your domination probably over Michigan yeah, and oh, your yeah. Yeah. 48 to 0 beat down of Michigan like you have all these like do you think total that so I guess my question is this is the one problem that the Big 10 has always had right is that the Big 10 historically right they kind of beat each other up so it almost weakens the division the conference as a whole yeah. a little bit do you think that Ohio State's Dominance over the Big Ten, knowing there's nobody even close to them else, right? Like yeah, Wisconsin's got two, Penn State's going to have at least, probably will have two by the end of it, right? Yeah. Michigan's got two, probably three if they lose to Ohio State, right? You got everybody else got two, at least two losses yeah. outside of Ohio State. Does that, if they were to not win the Big Ten championship, does that then go, well, crap, you didn't win the Big Ten? Yeah, you beat everybody else, but you didn't win your conference, and your conference isn't that good. See, that's. That's also, though, where I would put, like, an Oklahoma, though, is, say, even Oklahoma wins it mm-hmm. or something. Um, Do you rather, would you rather, would you think that Ohio State's got a better resume? Say they lose to Michigan. Well, say they lose to Michigan. It's not happening, but let's just play okay. devil's advocate. They lose to Michigan, go into the Big Ten Championship game, and if they don't win it, do you think Oklahoma hops them then? I think, I think, they have I, think, second I, loss? I, think I think you have a case for I think more importantly Oregon hopping them mm-hmm. say Oregon wins out mm-hmm. because I think I think a two loss team should never get it. I agree. I agree. Unless, unless you expand to eight and mm-hmm. you have automatic bids. What if but if but what if Ohio State loses to Michigan but then wins the Big Ten championship? They're still solidly in there. You think? I think you're solidly okay. in there. Okay. Because I think if you lose to Michigan, Michigan mm-hmm. is a rank. Especially if Michigan beats Indiana. So say hypothetically, yeah, Michigan's Michigan, a top Michigan's, ten team at that point. Michigan's yeah. ranked at twelve mm-hmm. hypothetically, right? Mm-hmm. You're Michigan or you're Ohio State. You go into Michigan. Can't say you lose by a 10, field goal, or right, even yeah. a field goal is even better for yeah. them because then okay, you lose to three on the road. Now you're going to compare to Alabama, who loses by five at home. At home. At home you have right. all these different like home losses mm-hmm. that, or a neutral or a worse site loss, or whatever. Right, right. When you lose on the road, it's yep. almost like I always say I would probably give you like four points if you go on the road against a big team yeah. or something. So if you lose by three, you really like won it because you played so close yeah. to a good team, right? Like Alabama, I'm like, it's almost like a tie to me because you were at home <laughs> yeah, and right. you looked bad in the first half. Second half, you went nuts. nuts. So I'm like, it's not that awful of a loss, even mm-hmm. though you lost at home. If Ohio State loses on the road, you get like, you get almost bonus points if you only lose by three. Like it's not that bad of a loss yeah. to a top twelve team. I would say, I would say Ohio All State right. still gets it. So you're excited for college football playoffs? I'm <laughs> so excited for college football Let's put Oregon in the final oh my four. Gosh. Mark it down. Oh my gosh! They're Justin Herbert, battle of quarterbacks. I'll tell you that right now. That'd be a hell of a time. Let, let's hell let's just throw time. out. You have Joe Burrow. Yep. You have Justin Fields, yep. Trevor Lawrence, and Justin Herbert. Yep. In a final four quarterback. Woo! That's probably some of the best Woo-wee! quarterback action you've had in the college football playoffs. Absolutely. All right. That's going to be it for episode 51 next week. Big one-year anniversary for the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. For the Missing Whaleman, for the Merc Zone, I'm the Mouth of Michigan, and we will see you guys, as always, next time.